Welcome to the Love Lab podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're man, woman, single or couple, this is the show for you because, well, sex matters. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Céline Rémy. All right. Welcome back to the Love Lab podcast. This is episode 14 and it is titled Find Your Mojo with Dallas Michael Sear. Oh, this is really exciting. We love having guests because we always get some extra juju and energy. And yeah, today we're talking about Mojo. And I wanted to just take a second to introduce Mr. Dallas to you all if you've never heard of him. He's a fantastic man. He is a transformational speaker, master life guide, business mentor, and inspirational spoken word artist. He's the founder of Ignite Purpose, the ultimate coaching for conscious impact-driven entrepreneurs, creatives, future leaders, and those seeking an extraordinary and exceptional life. Yeah, who doesn't want that? One thing that's really cool about Dallas is that he's built free businesses and for the last seven years, he's been guiding his clients to permanently eliminate negative patterns, heal broken relationships, start or resurrect businesses, and live extraordinary lives. I love all of this. His motto is ignite your purpose, live your passion, and love your life. Yes, this is All awesome. Right. Yes. Welcome, Dallas. <laughs> Thank you. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> so, you know, I think that the work that Dallas does is so appropriate to what we're going to discuss today, which, of course, is why we have him on. But before we really dive into that, I want to I want to explain kind of what what I think or what I mean when I say, you know, find your mojo. So um, you may or may not have seen from back in the 90s, the Austin Powers movie. You remember that one where he loses his mojo and he, mm-hmm. he can't have sex anymore and he doesn't know who he is anymore. <laughs> he, like his whole identity kind of gets lost because he doesn't have that sexual energy flowing through him that he had at one point. Mm-hmm. That's kind of sort of what we mean. Now, obviously, that movie is an exaggeration, right? <laughs> it's like it's, it's a big sort of you know silly exaggeration. But the fact of the matter is that we're human beings yeah. and we fluctuate. And there are times where we really feel in our power, we really feel in our sexuality. And then there are times where we don't. Life circumstances happen. Things happen to us that maybe we just don't have the same mojo that we had at one point. And that's okay, because that happens to all of us. The question then is, what can we do if we find that we've lost that mojo, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this, this of course happens in, in all of life. We're not even just talking about sex. Like maybe you were super successful in business and you had everything going and your business was really, you know, really, uh, growing and building. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it's, it's not for some reason, or maybe it's your relationship was really on fire and then it wasn't like, there's so mm-hmm. many aspects of your life that maybe you lost your mojo in. And so, you know, our show here is mostly about, you know, sex, love, and relationships. So, of course, we're going to tie it into that. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> just I'm totally open to. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but just know that these, these same concepts can apply to any part of your life where you may have lost your mojo. Mm-hmm. So, my first question is, before we came on the air, Dallas, we were talking about a situation in your life mm-hmm. where you had your mojo, you were rocking it, and then you kind of lost it. And I'm wondering if uh, you can explain like where you're at before you lost it, how mm-hmm. you were feeling, sure. and then what happened uh, to make you sort of lose it, and then, then where you were at at that point. Mm. Yeah. 
I was, you know, I grew up in the inner city and it, um, fortunately I had good parents who really loved me and cared for me. And at the same time, um, they were very young parents and maybe consciously or unconsciously were really interested in being like my friend. And, you know, there were times when I was really young that they were parents, but as I got older, they became more friends. And uh, the reason why I'm sharing that is because there was, um, there was a long leash for me to go out and just be myself and explore and, and, and do whatever came natural. You know, there wasn't a lot of restrictions or expectations. I, I really didn't, wasn't given a lot of doctrine and, and like conditioning that I can remember anyway. Uh, it's certainly not consciously of like, this is how we behave and we go to church and we dress like this and we act like this. It was, it was kind of like I got to explore and be who I was. So very early on, I share that because my, my natural expression came out very easily. How I dressed, how I talked, how I acted. And, and uh, of course it was influenced by my friends. You know, that's, that's, that's the, the, the time in our lives when we're very influenced in our friends, which is like our teen years. And so that was absolutely true. Yet the way I did it, I never had any thoughts about um, what is me, what isn't me. It just all came out very naturally. So I was very um, expressive. I was very loud. I was very colorful. I was very creative. I was creative in the way I walked, talked, dressed, everything. And in that, I felt very confident. I had a lot of confidence. And I was hanging with a group of kids where um, we were creating music a lot. We were dancing, even competing against other kids because we were b-boys. We were break dancers. We were part of a b-boy crew. Hip-hop was our culture. And hip-hop by nature has a lot of bravado in it and a lot of like edge and attitude, which was amazing back then. Um, and so all of that was like this alchemical kind of soup that was in me at the time, being confident, being brazen, being expressive, and all of that. And um, that's that's where I was at this time. So you were like at the top of your game, feeling your mojo, yeah, I'd be, I'd feeling be, the bravado. I'd be in like uh, I'd be in like uh, breakdance competitions and just completely in other people's faces, and I had no problem looking somebody in the eye and just like what we call like dissing them, right? And I was a, a, a battle MC, so I had no problem grabbing a microphone, literally at at parties that we would throw where there'd be hundreds of kids and be one one on one face to face with another person and battle them on the microphone. So and then when it came to girls, like me and my me and my group, we were just, I mean, we had we literally. <laughs> I don't have any shame or regret for any, you know, circumstance in my situation, um, but it's not something I would I would brag about now. But we were like competing with how many girls each person could get and keeping numbers, and so it's like we were with different girls all the time. It was easy and effortless. We had what we called groupies, and that was you know that was that was the energy in the time. All right. So so what I'm hearing, and, and I think the audience got a pretty good picture of that, is somebody who is really confident, somebody who really had his game on, like his mojo was flowing to the max. Mm-hmm. And he was able to deliver the goods. <laughs> yeah, so, so having a lot of sex. And, and interestingly enough, I mean, even, even looking back now, um, I think just have always had this natural kind of like rom- romantic nature. And my sexual nature comes out in a very uh, foreplay, you know, ex- playful way. So like I, I enjoy touch in longer sessions and, and a lot leading up to sex. I was even doing that in my teens and these girls were not used to that. And it was very clear that they were not. So it was such a very full experience, even as like a 16, 17, 18 year old, those, those three years were just like, 
really, ex- I was I was exploring a lot of things and willing to to do weird stuff that w- it appeared weird at the time. And, weird stuff. Yeah. I wish we had more time to get into that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <totally. laughs> weird stuff. Things that I would I would label weird then. Not now. I'm, I know quite differently. But yeah, just because it so, wasn't it wasn't the norm, basically. So okay, so you're at the top of your game, and then something shifts, something happens, something changes. Mm-hmm. So tell yeah. us about that. Yeah, uh, two two fairly three three fairly dramatic things all at once, and this is something that you were mentioning at the beginning of the show. Like we can go through these things in, in our business, in our sexual relationships, in our lives, in many different ways. And I've had these kind of like death and rebirth experiences many times in my life. And as a coach, that's what I've come to help a lot of people with is through these major life transitions because it's a natural cycle. So at this time, the the dying of a age was happening. You know, the aspects of me that were no longer aligned were collapsing so that the new me could come out. I didn't know that at the time. At the time, it seemed like my whole world was crumbling apart, of course. And so I was about 19 years old. Um, I didn't really want to go to college because I, even though school came easy, I didn't enjoy it. I wasn't challenged at all. And, um, so I didn't want to go to college. So I didn't have any prospect of where I was going next. I was still living at home. Um, and I had this, I had two very, Challenging circumstances with two different friends. One, somebody who uh, was, I thought, a really dear friend ended up sleeping with my girlfriend at the time and I think got her pregnant. Crazy like a Maury Povich show at the time because it was like, is it mine? Is it his? We, we, <laughs> it was a really interesting time. We did, we did not know, and that was extremely painful to know that she did that, that he was, you know, coercing her behind my back. Um, that even a couple of my other friends knew that he was saying things and doing things like that. And it just, my whole world crumbled because that was like the first girl that I truly remember like loving, you know, like I was truly in love with her, even bought her a ring and was considering doing an extremely early engagement and getting married. So that happened. At the same time, one of my friends who was going through difficulties of his own in his house, at his home, um, started taking it out on me and started bullying me. And I had this philosophy. It's like, I don't fight my friends. Like, I play fight, but I'm not going to fight him. He's like one of my dearest, dearest friends. I used to stay at his house every weekend for years. Like, his parents, even though they weren't close, but they were, you know, nice to me. It just, it didn't make sense in my mind. And I wasn't the type of kid just to hit one of my friends, even though really, really was pushing me a lot. So not standing up to him and then finding this other friend at the same time was sleeping with my girlfriend and then I'm still living at home. I'm not g- going forward in my life. I end up getting fired from a retail job. And all of this culminated with me just being in a room, in my bedroom, for almost up to 10 months, just isolated and feeling like I was just so by myself and everything I knew was now gone and different. And I had I didn't know what to do. Something I remember from the story when you shared it earlier too was how it also impacted your sex life. Mm-hmm. So you went from like rocking it in the bedroom to being like, oh, like, can I even last? Can I deliver? Yeah. Can I be there? So you really noticed that it impacted you. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I told you I had a hernia at that time True. too. So it's like, I've always been on the fence as to whether or not it was this medical situation because the doctor said that he was going to make some other adjustments while he was in there, which didn't still to this day does not make sense to me. And I really want to research what the heck that was. But the point being is I, I had this other awakening after doing all the work that I've done that that time, that same same exact time, um, 
was when I was being confronted by my friend who I wasn't standing up to. And all before that, I had, I mean, sexual prowess, it wasn't even a consideration to me because I would last as long as I wanted to. Mm -hmm. At the end, I always had energy. Mm. Um, I just felt extremely confident. And um, yeah, all of that seemed to really go out the window after that. I, I was trying to be the same person and I just, I was not. So... So kind of what happened is this perfect storm of events of all these things that were challenging your personality, challenging your masculinity, challenging, mm-hmm. you know, your whole construct of who you are. Yeah, all of it. Yeah. And so, yeah. so you, I'm seeing, I'm, literally as I'm saying this to all of you, I'm like seeing it in a whole nother light in this moment, <laughs> decades later, which is super interesting. Yeah. That's awesome. On show therapy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, so that's the setup. So that's, that's where you were and then sort of the perfect storm of what happened. Mm. Um, so maybe just before we go on to how you started to fix that, mm-hmm. uh, is there a way that you can describe sort of how you were feeling once you realized that like the mojo wasn't really there mm-hmm. anymore? Things were shifting. Like what, what were the actual feelings that you felt? Yeah. Um... You know, I felt a lot of anger and rage at the world um, at that time. You know, it's mixed, I'm sure, with some teenage just general angst, you know, and all the hormone stuff going on. But, I mean, now I was already transitioning to, you know, 19 and getting into my into the next, uh, you know, chapter of my life. But I remember just feeling a lot of anger, wanting to, like, lash out and... Um, and get my my manhood back, right? Or my, my confidence back, my power back. And then also um, some shame that I wasn't performing or, or that I wasn't standing up to the you know the, these these kids who I thought was my were my friends. And um, and then just like f- feelings of depression because not having clarity or direction as a man of like. So mm-hmm. now what, where do I go? What's next? You know? mm-hmm. I see that a lot with my clients, like that loss of identity, like who am I as a man, loss of direction and depression is, I mean, it's, there's a lot of people, especially here in the United States that are under antidepressant that suffer from a level of depression. Before we get into like some of the steps on how you got out of it, because I'm really excited to hear more about that. I kind of wanted to bring in the women's perspective because mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm really curious because I'm listening to this discussion and as a woman, I'm trying to figure out, well, how does my mojo really fit with me as a woman? You know? mm, right. <laughs> and, oh, oh, you've got mojo. <laughs> I can attest to that. Oh, Plenty you, of mojo. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was curious about uh, how, when you work with clients also, how you see it showing up differently from mm-hmm. women compared to men. Mm. That's a great question. Hmm. I haven't thought about that till now. <laughs> Surprise question. <laughs> hmm. I think women, my experience is that, you know, a, a, a man really wants to serve and support. And I can tell you what's similar is that they both go into to shame and make it about like make it so much about them, mm. um, and take it to a place that somehow they're they're broken or they're doing something wrong, and 
I feel like with with men, they really want to serve women. I think the masculine really wants to serve, support the feminine. And not being able to do that, um, it, it that's one of the things that takes away their confidence. I feel like the woman also, of course, wants to serve and support the masculine. Um, but what they feel like is like... <clears throat> I'm not I'm as a man I'm not good enough to to serve or support or take care of this this woman and then I think I, I, the way that I've seen it as a woman is the I'm not good enough mm-hmm. is is really really at the at the forefront you know mm-hmm. like I'm not going to be wanted Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can relate with that. I think also in the serving part as women, we tend to lose ourselves in giving too much to others, yeah. losing our own identity. And then the whole part of not being good enough or not being pretty right. enough or like that not enough basically yeah. is like in every different little ways that we can show up. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is, you know, this is a great discussion. And the reason why I asked that question about like, what did you really feel is because I know that there's a lot of people who've been through this and to hear that other people have felt the same things that yeah. they felt. Because mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of people on the other end of this show who are listening to it going, I didn't feel enough or I felt shame or mm-hmm. I felt, you know, whatever it is. And so, so great to have both of your experiences so that people can really relate and go, oh, it's not just me. Mm-hmm. There's nothing right. wrong with me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? It's normal. Yeah. We, all, we all experience these things from time to time. Mm-hmm. So... Let's not dwell too much on the, you know, what happened <laughs> yeah. and all that. Let's talk about, okay, so this happens. What how, are the steps? Yeah, how do we get out of it? What do we do? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm curious, Dallas, um, on your journey, what were the things that you did mm-hmm. to get your mojo back? Hmm. Um, I'm, a, I'm a fan of dramatic change, drastic change. <clears throat> I don't think... It's needed every time, and I know that it scares a lot of people to make big changes. I, I don't believe you have to change every single thing all at once. Yet I do believe that at these times that we're discussing, uh, any major life transition time, you've just lost your job and you're, you're not confident about the future, your, your marriage is coming to an end, you're not confident. I believe that those times do call for dramatic change, mm-hmm. personally. And, um, and so one of the, like one of the things I can remember changing dramatically, just, just intuitively was I'm sitting there one day, I don't know how I have, however many months had gone by of not feeling like myself. And I'm just sitting there and I'm noticing like what's going on inside of me. I just feel just depressed and I'm just like, something's got to change enough, enough is enough. And I look around my room and there's all these pictures of like women and models on the on the walls, you know, just which is it was. I mean, it was plastered in women, <laughs> and, and so, and it just felt like, wow, I've been so. I had this, you know, that even though, even though I'm, I, my experience of like guys back then, you know, I'm in like I said, I'm in the inner city, I'm in the hood, I'm a teenager, and it's not typical that we have these philosophical deep discussions you know? <laughs> and that, that wasn't much of what I experienced yet I tended to be open to that stuff at, even at that age and so I had this kind of like spiritual and philosophical thought I was like wow no wonder I'm experiencing what I'm experiencing because look how superficial I've been living my life mm. 
And that's a pretty profound thought for, I, I think anyway, for like a 19 year old, you know, in the circumstance that I was living in, you know, poor and in the hood. And, um, and so I, I just, I got angry and I believe getting angry is, is a good thing. It's so many men suppress their anger mm. and that turns into depression. Uh, we turn the anger, the anger inside on ourselves. And so sometimes in a, of course, healthy way, we need to express it and let it out in order to, to move forward. A lot of times that can be the energy that catalyzes us to get some momentum. And so I, ex- I finally expressed that anger and I just started tearing everything off of my walls. <laughs> and, um, I allowed myself to, to really fantasize doing harm to these these kids that really hurt me and upset me and kind of like just, just, I'd be shadow boxing in my room and getting out that, you know, getting out the, the angst and the frustration. I started, um, I, I started cutting down, I was a smoker at the time, started cutting down on smoking and just like, I started cleaning my room. I mean, I was a pretty neat freak at the time, but cleaning it even more and just like kind of like taking control and charge of my situation. Mm-hmm. That was step one. That okay. was step one. Yeah. So yeah, that's you know, what I love about that is that is an empowering piece, right? Because what you did was you looked at your life and you said, this isn't the way I want it to be. And I'm actually going to do something about it. And I think that's one of the problems that a lot of people run into is they know something's not right, but they either don't know what to do about it. Or even if they do, they don't actually take that first step. Well, it's more comfortable to stay in what you know than to take that scary first step of something that's unknown, even though it might lead you to something much better than what mm-hmm. you're experiencing. You're like, well, might as well just stay in the familiar and what's, what's, the norm Mm -hmm. but usually it's mediocrity when you do that mediocrity in your life in the bedroom in everything that you do Mm -hmm. so first step is really that whole like shaking things up yeah nobody wants mediocrity in the bedroom oh god no all right yeah i'd argue no one really wants mediocrity anywhere yeah so used used to it but i I definitely don't want it in the bedroom (laughs) okay so that was step one so what what else did you do on your journey well i think that and and to even go back just a mini step is that step one also came with an awareness, right? So it's like in, in what I've been coaching people through is like the first step is that awareness. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of times we'll have that awareness, like, oh my God, look what I've been doing. Look how I've been living. And the first, the first thought after that is to then judge ourselves mm-hmm. for that experience. And what I want to share for anyone listening is like, just congratulate yourself for now having the awareness mm. because without it, then you don't have the capacity to to change it. You're, mm-hmm. you're just inevitably going to stay where you're at in that situation, you know, and do it blindly. At least now you are aware and can do something about it. That's actually something to be, you know, excited and proud about. So that, that awareness brought then some movement and some action, as I was mentioning, mm-hmm. and some dramatic change in my life. And I know we're talking about a teenager, but I can promise you that, you know, it, I've had these experience, similar experiences of these, like, you know, dying of one age and rebirthing of another. And I've also gone through it with hundreds of clients over the last nine years. And it's the same. Something dramatic gets to change because mm-hmm. that new you is really being called forward, and there's a way to kind of mark that, right? And and, and that that's what it was for me. Tear down everything off these walls and start living with a little bit more uh, awareness and substance. The next thing that I did was I I put my mind towards the direction that I wanted to go to. Now, um, I believe now looking back that there's some more steps in between to create 
healing, it, I think a lot of the healing, like a lot of deeper healing would have happened sooner had I know what I know now. Um, but at the time, the first thing that I did was I created an intention for where I wanted to go forward. Mm. And what I did, <laughs> interestingly enough, I tell the story a lot, was I actually created a vision board. Mm-hmm. Yet, I want to put this in perspective. Um, I'm 41 right now at the time of this recording, and at the time then, I was 19. So we're talking decades ago, okay? I'm happy to date myself. And so <laughs> we're talking decades ago. There was no book or movie, The Secret. There was no um, Jack Canfield who was <laughs> selling his vision board book that you can buy in a store. The, even the concept of vision board, to my knowledge, didn't exist over over two decades ago, mm-hmm. the, I'm sure that the general concept of putting up something, some your your goals in front of you, you know, made sense. But what I did was I literally got a construction board and magazines, and I made a collage. I thought I was making a collage of like friends and family and, t- and times that were positive. And I actually put myself at the top of the vision board. Um, it was a photo of me holding a microphone during one of my number one. Um, competitions that I won during a rap battle and I remember the night so clearly and it was like one of my biggest wins it was against some of the you know some of the best rappers or MCs I had ever competed against it was in front of hundreds of people in a party that me and my friends put on it was a really high moment and so I put um, I found this thing that said something about like you know being on top I found that in a magazine I put that (laughs) over my head I put the picture of me on the microphone holding the mic right in the center of the poster and then all these places I wanted to travel to and go to under it Mm -hmm. and so essentially I set my mind and attention to I am confident here is what I what I have created in my life and here's what's possible and here's where I want to go. You know, I kind of put that all into an intention mm-hmm. and put it in front of my face. Yeah, so you looked at it regularly. You were... Yeah. Um, that became the... O- that was the only thing. After I tore everything <laughs> off the walls, that was the only thing I put on that mm-hmm. wall. On, okay. and, and my, own, my room had one thing on the wall, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, well, and you know, it's totally fine to date yourself because you're still not the oldest one in the room. (laughs) (laughs) So is is there anything else uh, on your journey if if you could just kind of summarize the the journey to getting back to your mojo that you wanted to add? Yeah, a lot of things. I mean... um, I, 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 a big thing is the willingness, you know, the willingness to do the work. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I mean, I can't even count how many books I've read and mentors and coaches I've worked with and workshops that I've gone to in order to just in, in, in general, really identify what I feel my purpose to be, to get very clear about who I am and why I'm here. And so the willingness, like I, I feel we make that something negative, like I'm broken and everyone else knows who's, who they are. Mm. So I'm supposed to know who I am. And because I don't know who I am, because I don't know, I also don't know that millions of people are having the same freaking thought, you know, in their head <laughs> also, right? But because I don't know who I am, I'm broken. So if I go hire a coach or get therapy, then there's something wrong and I got to keep that hidden. All that fucking does is add to the continual shame that you're already feeling. You're just expressing the shame in a different way. Mm-hmm. Your willingness to go get support, that is 
you should celebrate that. You like you should tell people, and when and if somebody else doesn't understand, they're like, "You're you got a therapist? Oh my god, you hired a life coach? Why'd you do that? Because I want to live the fucking best life I can, don't mm-hmm. you? <laughs> Turn that shit back on them because it's something to be proud of. Mm-hmm. That's part of regaining back your your confidence and your mojo is getting support because we do nothing alone. Mm-hmm. And so I had a lot of support throughout the years. Um, I was willing to to do the learning and and you know seek out, um, you know the, the the knowledge and the wisdom, and then uh, like I said, I did drastic change. Mm-hmm. The new level of awareness that that spilled over into every area of my life, and it continued. You know, like I continue to be more and more aware about the things that I don't know that I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's not until we illuminate those areas that we can actually do anything about it. So even that's another thing. That's something no. I did. <laughs> I went into the shadow. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I really powerfully went into this and did some a lot of shadow work. So you have a program uh, that is helping people like ignite their purpose and find I want to say kind of like their mojo yeah, back. And you have all of I these didn't think steps, about it till right? now, but yeah, that's essentially. Okay, what so I want to just tell more to people about where uh, they can find more about this mm-hmm. and um, work with you. And sure, yeah, it's igniting with ing at the end. Mm-hmm. www.ignitingyourpurpose.com and uh, that's just one program that I offer. And basically, it's a step-by-step for people going through major life transitions. Really a clear process of getting hyper-aware, figuring out why you are where you're at, mm-hmm. cleaning the slate, and creating what's next. That's so, awesome. Yeah, and, and becoming, uh, like, two examples, mini ones real quick, is, like, people who have uh, either wanted to start a business or kind of, like, um, re-energize a business it assists it assists at that time to get clear about what what isn't working and what you know is going to be the next step for them to move forward but also with relationships i've i've worked with a lot of people coming out of divorce mm-hmm. and they've lost their sense of self and their identity mm-hmm. and they're kind of scared to get back out there or can need need something to help them re- rediscover themselves and that process assists there too so it seems like two different situations but the fundamental thing is the same mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah they've lost their empowerment powerful powerful stuff it is i wanted to add one more thing because you know we are all related to pleasure and i think that one of the steps for me that has helped me is to really immerse myself in pleasure so when you don't know where to start is find the one thing that you love and do it and then find another thing that you love and go do this again and again we actually have a friend and i'm sure she's listening and she will recognize herself when she went for her years year of yes saying yes to herself and like made this whole list of like things she wanted to do hadn't yet done and like going crazy and like her whole life is changing and transforming just from that act of saying yes to herself and so I think that if you like okay you don't know yet where to start just look for one thing that brings you joy pleasure however you want to name it but gives you that sense of aliveness and do this yeah and you know one of the things about our show here is uh we like it to be conversational. We don't want it to be scripted. So we don't write the entire show down and just read off, you know, what we've already pre-prepared because that's just boring. <laughs> so, so I bring that up because, um, we, we didn't actually tell Dallas what the questions we were going to ask him were, and we didn't necessarily know what his answers were going to be. I mean, obviously we research our guests and, and we have an idea, but what I love is that when Dallas explains his program and the work that he does and the steps that he goes through. And then I look at the notes that, that Selena and I wrote for, you know, what would we tell people about how to get back to their mojo? Mm. They're so similar. 
So we just had a couple of steps. I'm not going to spend too much time because we're, we're just about at the end of the show. But, but one of ours was getting back to your essential practices, mm-hmm. right? So what are the things that, that gave you your mojo to begin with? So for instance, in our programs, in our power mastery program, there are essential practices that we teach people to up their game, right? Get their mojo. So just go back to doing those. The second one is, is the one that you just shared, Celine, which is immerse yourself in pleasure. Go do the things that you love. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Go do the things that make you feel... Play is huge. Play yeah. is huge. Play, play more. Everyone play more. Play more. This is so play good. More. <laughs> and then, then do the things that will boost your confidence. Find the things that you're really good at and go do them so they'll give you more confidence in the other areas of your life. And another one that, that Dallas shared is seek the support. Right? Seek the support that you need. You don't have to do it alone. And then the last one that I would add is just be patient. It probably took a while for you to kind of go down the downward spiral. It might take a little while to get back. Don't put so much pressure on yourself to have to, to, have to be back immediately. Mm-hmm. So I just I love when everything lines up. Um, that was really great. Another amazing episode. And uh, Dallas, just remind the listeners one more time where they can find you. Yeah, um, ignite your igniting your purpose, ignitingyourpurpose.com. And there's also um, if if um, they, I'm sure you guys will put it in the the show in notes. In the show notes, but yeah. yeah it, um, there's a, a, a free video series that I have um, also. Uh, it's adversitytoabundance.com. Ooh, lovely. Well, awesome. check the show notes to get those links and check Dallas out. Thank you so much, Dallas, for oh, being here pleasure. today. Yeah, you guys are awesome. All right. And thank you, everybody, for listening, and we will see you next week. We hope you liked this episode of the Love Lab podcast. If you enjoyed this show, leave a comment and share it with your friends. And if you want more, we have an entire digital library with the best sex tips and relationship advice at CelineRemy.com. That's C-E-L-I-N-E-R-E-M-Y.com. So join us in the sex vault to continue this adventure. Thanks for listening. And remember, you're amazing. <laughs>